Hello and welcome to the Crimson and Cream Christians podcast. My name is Will, and I represent all the Crimson and Cream Christians here at OU, but this podcast is for all Christians on college campuses. Now, hello everybody. Um, So, amazing thing happened this week, guys. The quick trip that they've been building in Moore for, like, years um, finally opened today. And I just think that that is amazing because I, I've one of the one of the big things I missed about home and being in uh, Norman or the OKC area is that there just is no quick trip. Um, and so when I learned that it's being opened, uh, they were building one finally in the OKC metro area, um, specifically more because it's like what 20 minutes from OU. I was just I was just so excited, so ecstatic because um, that means that we get I just get a little slice of home. So I, I went there for lunch today, um, and they it was just so nice. Like I was so excited. And I uh, went to check out my order, and they were like, "Is this the first time you've been here?" And I said, "No, I'm from Tulsa, so I've been to them a lot." And the the guy the cashier said, "Well, welcome home," and that that made my day. That was. That was really nice. Uh, another thing is OU men's basketball beat OSU men's basketball. So that's great. We, um, we're, we're slowly but surely kind of moving back up in our, in our rankings. Uh, we're back on the top 25. We were off of it for a week. Um, I mean, we're... We're going back up there. We we did lose to Baylor, but on Saturday we have Kansas at OU, and I, that's going to be a huge game. And what's crazy is Kansas hasn't been doing too good the past few games, so ESPN actually says that OU is going to win, and that would just be amazing. Like that, oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. I really hope that happens. But... This week is the last week that we are going to look at science and the Bible and see if we can prove the Bible from things that happened in science, like scientifically proven things. We're going to use that to prove that the stuff in the Bible actually could have happened. And before we go into this one, I would like to point out that I personally believe that everything that happens in the Bible happens as It was said in the Bible, but this podcast is to just go into theoretics and see if we look at science, if the science backs up the Bible, and I I think it has been, and I think it will continue to do that. This week, we are looking at science versus the man himself, Jesus Christ. And when I was researching this, I didn't want to start with just like, all right, here's the story of Jesus. Like, we we know that. he Story-wise, he was birthed um, from the Virgin Mary, grew up to be the Son of God, did all these miracles, and died on the cross for our sins, and came back three days later. So that's the story. We know that. What I wanted to do is I wanted to first ask four questions, and I think that if these four questions can be proven by science— the rest of the rest of the story of Jesus and therefore the Bible, the whole foundation that Christianity is based on, I think that if we can prove Jesus, 
the rest of it just kind of falls in place. So the four questions that I asked for this, for science versus Jesus are one, did a man named Jesus really exist? Two, were there any miracles of Jesus that can that are scientifically possible or can can be scientifically proven? Three, did the events right after Jesus died, which are of course the period of darkness and a really big earthquake that tore the um, veil in the old churches, actually happen? And four. Was there a tomb where Jesus was put that was empty three days later? And if we can back those four questions up by science, I think that everything else just kind of falls into place. And we should, and like, I just think that those four questions are fundamentally the key features of Jesus and what he does in the Bible and what he continues to do for Christianity. So, question one Did a man named Jesus really exist? The short answer is yes. Jesus was a very popular name, especially back in the time that scholars believed Jesus to be alive. But in what we are specifically looking for, yes, the Jesus Christ existed. There's a video linked below in the description, just like there has been for the past few weeks. And it is stated that historians from atheist to agnostic to Jewish to Christian pretty much all universally agree that Jesus that the Jesus described in the New Testament did in fact exist. So, question one's out of the way. Jesus existed. Two, were there any miracles of Jesus that can be scientifically proven today? And there are actually a few that we are going to look at. The first one is the Star of Bethlehem. Now, if you don't know the Star of Bethlehem, let's, let's read about it. This is before Jesus was even born. So, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the rule of King Herod. About that same time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. And that's pretty much the star of Bethlehem, or the star of Jesus. The three wise men follow the star, and it takes them to king herod and then it proceeds to take them to bethlehem where jesus was born so this website once again in the description describes the star of bethlehem as a triple planetary conjunction the website says and most of this is going to be like direct direct like copy paste statement anyway the website says that the wise men were not just scholars but also astrologers around the time jesus was born there were three separate conjunctions between Jupiter and Saturn. This means that the two planets lined, lined up with the Earth and the Sun on three separate occasions and would have looked like a singular, very large star in the sky. The Magi likely saw the first conjunction from their homeland in Babylon, then left for Jerusalem to tell King Herod that Jesus is coming, then see the second and third conjunctions that led them to Jesus in Bethlehem. Another explanation could be Anova. There were reports of one that happened around the time Jesus was born that could have happened above Jerusalem or Bethlehem. Both of these, in my opinion, these are both proven scientific events 
that include something that looked like a big star and would have led the Magi from their homeland to Jerusalem to talk to King Herod and then to Bethlehem where Jesus was born, which is exactly what is described in the Bible. A second big miracle that Jesus does is he brings the dead back to life. And that, that's just, that's just crazy, right? Like, there's no way that someone's, once they're dead, they're gone, right? At least that's what's happened up until Jesus was born. So this website, that of course will be in the description, says that there are multiple accounts in the Bible where Jesus brings the dead back to life. The website then says that it is extremely likely that the people were never dead in the first place, and rather, they had been presumed dead due to lack of scientific knowledge. There are numerous findings throughout history of premature burials. Now, let's look at a story in the Bible where Jesus brings a little girl back to life. In Mark 5, 21 through 24, and then 35 through 42, which we'll read in a bit. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. And on the way... On the way to Jairus' house, Jesus heals a different woman in the crowd. But that's, that's like a mini story within this. So we're going to skip ahead to right, right after Jesus heals this woman. So while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, who is the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room, where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, um, personally, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, it's in, I think Hebrew? I think Hebrew. It's uh, verse, verse 41, but it then continues on to say, which means, little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. So... As you can see, in this instance of Jesus healing someone from the dead, Jesus even says that the little girl in the story isn't dead, but just asleep. Now this story doesn't show that Jesus never raised people from the dead because he probably did. But in this case, science very much backs up what the Bible says. And continuing on, there is another miracle of Jesus that can be proven by science. And that is when Jesus goes out and walks on water. And this is one of the miracles Jesus is most well known for, and it goes like this. John, in John 6, 16 through 21. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake towards Capernaum. Soon, 
A gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles, when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water towards the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and they immediately arrived at their destination. So, the lake they were on was the Sea of Galilee. And here is what another source, which of course will be in the description, has to say about the matter. They say that Jesus was not walking on water, but was actually floating on a thin layer of ice that is formed by a rare combination of the weather and water conditions on the Sea of Galilee. The chance of ice being on the lake is very high because back in Bible times, there were cold periods that lasted anywhere from 100 to 200 years. The usual local freezing process could have provided the origin to the story that Jesus walked on water. So, if science is 100% correct, and the miracle was just floating on an iceberg, then the disciples on the boat, or any random bystander who were not scientists, especially in the dark of the night, could and probably would think that Jesus was walking on water, especially based on the other miracles that we have heard or seen him do. But then, of course, you could just simply believe that Jesus walked on water. Though, but however, those are three miracles that have been backed up by science as completely scientifically possible, which leads us on to the third question. Did the events right after Jesus died, which include the like period of darkness and the earthquake, actually happen? So this is where we pick up in Luke 23, 44 through 46, which says, By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust your, my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. So, at the time of Jesus' death, darkness fell across the whole land, and the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn right down the middle. And this was more than likely because of an earthquake. But can this be scientifically proven? Well, there are a few different sources and possibilities that we will go through that could describe this happening. Now, the first one, I'm going to admit, it is not the most scholarly of sources. Um, as it is from Reddit. But, basically I'm going to sum it up for you because it's a lot of words. And you can go read it for yourself if you want. But Reddit basically says that there was a solar eclipse around this time and an earthquake around this time. And that's what caused the total darkness, right? Because the solar eclipse... Um, would block out all of the sunlight, especially a, t a total solar eclipse, and then the earthquake, of course. Next thing is the Salt Lake Tribune, which, once again, in the description for you to go check out yourself. But that basically proves the solar eclipse is um, practically impossible, um, because especially the complete blackout of all the sun, that just wouldn't be for as long as the Bible says it is, but it does bring up the fact that either a lunar eclipse or just simply increased cloud coverage is the way to go. And then 
you have a historian account. Multiple historians write about the darkness that happens when Jesus was crucified. And these are these all talk about different things like a solar eclipse, lunar eclipse. It just it just basic basically goes through. So all like I said, all of these sources will be in the description and hopefully one of them, if you take the time to go read it, helped prove to you that when Jesus was crucified, there was darkness and an earthquake occurred. And now finally, question four. Was there a tomb where Jesus was put, and was that tomb empty three days later? And that brings us to Mark 15, 42 through 46, and then Mark 16, 1 through 6. So, that says, This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathy, I probably mispronounced that, took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The Roman, the officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus' body was laid. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. And so after these events, um, of course, the Bible continues to go on and say that Jesus appeared to his disciples a few more times, which is uh, talked about in the scientific findings that I found and am about to read. Um, so, of course in the description. So this source says, when asked to believe in something, scientists often ask questions about evidence. There certainly is evidence for the resurrection, which can be summarized around three historical claims. One, Jesus was crucified and died. Two, his body was buried in a tomb that was found empty a few days later. And three, his disciples experienced encounters with who they believed to be the new resurrected body. So you can you can read more into that to um, see how he was talking about, but those three claims that a well-known scientist um, just says that the scientists and historians have come to a general consensus that Jesus was buried, put in a tomb, and the tomb was empty three days later, and then there were future sightings of Jesus after he was dead and buried. The story of Jesus is 
the key point of the Christian belief. And if that is proved by science, which I think it is, then why does anything else need to be? But we also proved other things by science over the past few weeks, being um, the evolution versus creation, or science versus the parting of the Red Sea, or science versus the Ark. And so if all of that, including the entire life and resurrection of Jesus, has been proven by science, I personally don't see any reason why we shouldn't believe the rest of the Bible. And so like I said, every single source that I've used per, for all of these episodes are in the description of that episode. So you can go read them for yourself and make a decision on your own on if you think science has proven the Bible. And so Jesus, I come to you right now and I thank you that you came to this earth for our sins and died on the cross so that we have the option and the choice to follow you. And I thank you for giving us the free will to have questions and have curiosity and look and find reasons as to what we believe in. And so I pray that anyone listening takes their own time, and if they have questions of the Bible, go to different sources, whether those be Christian sources or science sources, and find their own conclusion on as to how science proves the Bible. I pray that everyone has a great week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.